It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Coast Coast Podcast? It is Liam here, coming at you with an MLB trade deadline review. Obviously, much anticipated. One of the biggest moves we might look back in history ever with Juan Soto heading over to the San Diego Padres. Uh, you know, it's just crazy. A guy that's 23 years old, potentially on his way to being one of the greatest players to ever play this game, pairing up with one of the most electric players in all of baseball, returning from injury very soon in Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, obviously alongside Manny Machado and a great other group of players out there in San Diego. It's going to be an exciting team, but is it too soon for this team to be great? Who knows? Who knows? But we get some other moves uh, to touch on Luis Castillo, of the Cincinnati Reds heading over to Seattle Mariners in exchange for a prospect package featuring Noel V. Marte. Going to be interesting to see if these Mariners, can they keep surging? That will be a big question as we continue through this MLB season. We also got some other teams making some moves. Obviously, we know Andrew Benintendi was a move uh, that happened before this trade deadline. But a lot of teams looking to get better. And some teams that didn't really make a lot of moves that might have been questioning. Obviously, the Los Angeles Dodgers kind of one of the most complete teams that we've seen in a long time, didn't really make a move because people thought maybe they go get Juan Soto, uh, or or if not, is there another option? seemed to be that they weren't going to make a big move, stay with the team that they have because, man, do they have a roster out there in Los Angeles. But, hey, Shohei Otani did not end up getting moved. He's going to stay in Anaheim for now, but who knows what the future has in hold of us. Uh, For this episode, though, we are going to hand off to Jose. He's going to break down the winners and the losers of this year's trade deadline and talk some other parts. But hey, this MLB season is far from over. We got stars like Jacob deGrom, Fernando Tatis coming back from injury. Who knows who will be the World Series champions at this point because anything can happen in October. And let's hand it off to Jose. What is up? We're here to talk about the MLB trade deadline. A lot of moves went down this past weekend, and a lot of teams got better, but one in particular I think that we all know is the San Diego Padres. Starting off, they they acquired Josh Hader, an absolute dominant reliever for the past few seasons, and a huge piece of their bullpen. And granted, they did have to give up, you know, significant amount of pieces to get him. I mean, they had to give up Taylor Rogers, as you can see here, and you know, Lament and a couple of other prospects. And the first piece being Josh Hader, I think, was a good sign for Padres fans of what was yet to come. And boy, do they have a reason to be happy right now. Juan Soto, and arguably one of the biggest trades in history. I mean, at least that we've seen in recent history. Granted, they had to give up their entire farm, basically. I mean, Hassel, Abrams, you know, Gore, those are all pretty top, you know, top prospects in their organization. And I think, I believe Abrams was the only one in the top 50. I don't know if Gore is still considered a prospect, but Abrams was the only one in the top 50 for sure. And Hassel was, you know, on his way, but uh, still an absolute haul for the Nationals. I don't know that necessarily, you know, as a Padres, I'm not a Padres fan, but if I was a Padres fan, I would be absolutely okay with this to acquire the 23-year-old Juan Soto with 
two and a half seasons of control left and a pretty good chance to re-sign him given, you know, the squad that they have right now, the likelihood of them making some noise in the playoffs. And one of the better throw-ins, you know, in a trade in Josh Bell, like Josh Bell is not is not a scrub. Like he is going to play first base for them. And they were able to get rid of Eric Hosmer in the process. Granted, he had a lot of power at one point in this trade, but they ended up just replacing him for Luke Voigt and then shipped off Eric Hosmer to the to the Red Sox, which was a win-win for both for both sides. But also acquiring Brandon Drury for virtually nothing was was pretty insane because he's having an all-star season, an absolute career season. And I mean he just hit a grand slam like yesterday, which is just insanity. So I think the Padres, the Padres squad is by far the most improved squad past the deadline. I'm not talking about their future. Obviously, they gave up a lot of pieces, but we're talking about right now, their potential to contend has just increased like astronomically. They're they're three hitter, you know, sequence of Tatis, Soto, and Machado. I don't know what order. I'm going to actually check that real quick. Okay. Let's go see. The... What what order were they hitting in last night? I wasn't able to watch the game. They went, well, Tatis isn't playing, so obviously, but I think Tatis would probably be in the two-hole. Um, so, yeah, Tatis, Soto, Machado, like, there is not a deadlier three-person lineup or three-person sequence in baseball right now. Like, there just isn't. I mean, the Yankees have got a pretty decent three threesome, but it does not compare to that. Speaking of the Yankees, they are my second best, most improved team after this deadline. It began with acquiring Andrew Nintendi for virtually, you know, some prospects I've never even heard of. Beckway, I had kind of heard of, but basically did not hear any of them. And Benintendi is exactly what we needed. I mean, he's a, he's a high-contact defense guy who can play left field, essentially. You know, that was signaling the end of Joey Gallo. Um, and after that, I mean, we acquired Frankie Montas. Well, where is he at? Why is he all the way up here? But we acquired Frankie Montas, who... Granted, I did want Luis Castillo over him, but I think he's very good still. And Lou Trevino, I mean, look, his stats might not be great right now, but he's had some absolutely dominant seasons, and he is not too far removed from, you know, the seasons of being an elite reliever. And he's very good against the Houston Astros, which – they definitely take into consideration when picking him up. I think the Yankees pitching staff can fix him up, and he will probably be a high leverage guy at one point. I will not be surprised. But we did have to give up, you know, a couple, couple of these guys. I mean, J.P. Sears threw a few good games for us. Nothing crazy there. But Ken Walzichuk, a really high riser, rose into the top. You know, I believe he was in the top five of our prospects, you know, which he wasn't anywhere near at the start of the year. So he was at the Futures game. He's got a lot of hype around him. Big pitcher. So, I mean, I'm glad that they were able to capitalize on his value because who knows if he pans out in the league. And 
to be able to make a move like acquiring Frankie Montas at this point in the season at, you know, this level of squad that we have right now, that is huge. It's huge. And then Scott Efros, who's just been like good, like really good as a rookie. Like, I don't need, let's look at it. Let's look at his stats real quick. As a rookie, keep in mind, rookie reliever. Uh, okay, well, let's ignore the, the win losses because he plays in Chicago. But he's got a 2 6, you know, he's got a 1 0 whip with 50K. So I think he'll be solid in the Bronx. I think he'll be solid for sure. But yeah, I mean, after that, I was like pretty happy with the deadline already because I mean, we got what we asked for as Yankee fans. Outfielder that can hit and defend. Just a new starting pitcher that can mow innings, just eat away innings. Frankie Montas. And then out of nowhere, out of literally nowhere, we trade Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader. Now, this move at first didn't make much sense to me because I was like, why, why are we trading away starting pitching right now? It just it didn't make much sense because I feel like we needed the most starting pitching, you know, that we that we could possibly have. You know, even if Monty ends up being a five starter or, you know, whatever after we acquired Frankie, which I don't think he would be. I think he'd be a four. Because Cole Frankie Nestor, yeah, I think he'd be a four. Well, unless you want to switch him with JMO, but he'd be a four or five. Still, though. But acquiring Harrison Bader, who's been one of the more electric, you know, defensive, defensive center fielders in the league the past few seasons, like, I think it's a smart move. Look, Monty was solid. He was he was solid. He was sometimes really reliable, but not replaceable, especially when you pick up a guy like Frankie and now push him kind of towards the end of your rotation. You can afford to make a move. And Bader, I mean, look, now the there's end of the game lineup in the outfield, Benny, Bader, Judge, defensively, I think that's an elite outfield defensively. And at the plate, Bader can hold his own too. You know, he's got some speed. I think they kind of want to use him as a replacement outfielder instead of, you know, Tim LaCastro and just kind of keep Tim LaCastro as our Terrence Gore type or, you know, if he does have to start some meetings in the outfield, injury, whatever. I like the move. Bader's still in the walking boot because he's got plantar fasciitis or whatever, but. He'll be back and he'll be here for the playoffs and he will be, he will be a factor. He will like keep that on your radar. Uh, who was my third winner? The Houston Astros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Houston Astros who, I mean, granted they, they traded away Jose Siri. Where is he at? Yeah. Traded to the Rays for three-team trade here, which they acquired a new first baseman, Trey Mancini, who, if you've been watching the Astros this year, you know they've been running, like, J.J. Matijevich at first, or I mean, Guriel is kind of a, a shadow of his old self. And for some reason, they haven't taught Jordan Alvarez how to play first base, or maybe they tried, and he just doesn't he just doesn't work out there. I don't know. I don't know, but Trey Mancini, tough for Orioles fans, because he's kind of that heart and soul of the team. 
And I mean, it's a time where the Orioles are just now getting good and they trade away, you know, not necessarily their best player, but one of their you know, integral players to the Astros, man. That's just like, it's just the start of his villain, villain art. But they also acquired Christian Vasquez, which, yeah, I was really scared that they were going to be able to acquire, you know, a good catcher. And I was very afraid it was going to be Wilson Contreras. But since it's Christian Vasquez, I mean, he's still good. Don't get me wrong. He's very much an upgrade over Maldonado. I know that their pitching staff likes Maldonado, but they no longer have to have Maldonado taking at bats. I mean, Christian Vasquez is probably just as good behind the dish and can hit a little bit, you know? But yeah, you can see here they sent a bunch of guys back down. Pitch poorly. And then they traded Jake Odorizzi to the Braves and acquired Will Smith, the reliever who, you know, the Astros will probably find a way to make him absolutely fucking dominant. And this is the only team, the only team in the league. Besides, well, I guess besides the Padres now, but they need to prove that they can, they can win. Anyways, this is the only team I'm really scared of, especially in the, especially in the East. Like, this is the only team. Because it's Houston, man. It's Houston, and yeah, I mean, they they do it to us every single year, and they look just as good as ever this year. So, I'm a couple losers. I mean, the Orioles, they lost Jorge Lopez. Like I said, they lost Trey Mancini. It's just, it was a tough... It was a tough, you know, span of a few days for the Orioles because they did lose so many players, you know, that were really important to their team this year. And I think in some Orioles fans' eyes, you know, they thought they might be making a playoff, you know, some noise in the playoffs this year, which they still could. But losing Jorge Lopez, who's, you know, been electric this year, absolutely dominant, and Trey Mancini, who just came back, two seasons ago it's tough it's a tough look for your franchise but not the end of the world they've still got a ton of potential a ton of young guys you know like they can still they can still be electric in the playoffs another team the Cubs because where is oh I guess he wouldn't be there because I need to check how many how many years does he have left on his contract? Because I believe where is he at? I believe he's a free agent after this season. There we go. Salaries. Yeah. So after 2022, he will be a free agent. And you did not trade your best asset for what? For what, Cubs fans? Like, why? <laughs> Are, do you think you're competing? I mean, you still traded away, like I said, Scott F. Ross, who has been pretty good for you this year. Traded away Michael Gibbons. Traded away David Robertson. I mean, he, I thought they were going to be full-on sellers, just so how they were last year. 
You know, they got to get rid of those last few pieces. But no, no. I mean, they sold Scott F. Frost for almost nothing and then didn't trade Wilson Contreras. Maybe they didn't get a good enough offer, but I guess some offer is better than losing in the free agency because you're not re-signing him. They're just not. So that's that's one of my losers there. Another one. I really want to give it to Washington, but I kind of can't. Simply because of that World Series, I'm just like, I really want to hate on them. But I don't think I can. I, I don't think I can. I... Hmm. Hmm. Trading away Josh Hader was really big. And I know a few players in your organization were not, not very happy about that because he has been, you know, pretty much the face of your bullpen for, it says he's got four years of service time, but it feels like he's been in the league a lot longer. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Like that alone might might get you to loser status, but they did acquire a couple decent pieces. Trevor Rose balls, all right. Yeah. I mean, they acquired Lamette. So I'm starting. Has him here as a reliever. I guess they could use him as a reliever, but I see him more as a starter in my eyes. I guess we'll see. But I mean, okay, let's look at let's look at Washington real quick. I mean, I, I, I was talking about it. I was talking about it in the group chat the other day. They've lost Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Anthony Rendon, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, you know, Kyle Schwarber. Just off the top of my head, like all-star guys that are just gone, like just gone. It's tough. It's very tough. Uh, but if they, you know, if they didn't have that World Series, it would be a lot worse. It would be a lot worse. So I think, you know, post-World Series, you know, fallout, they they're just kind of waiting you know, to find some big baller owner that can turn the team around. Essentially, if I'm a Washington Nationals fan, I'm just waiting for some Mark Cuban type of owner to just come and buy the team and absolutely ball out. But at least you got to witness that World Series, which you're still holding on to three years later. I would too, though. I'm not even gonna get. Uh, last but not least, one of my I don't, I don't necessarily know if they're a loser, but I know one of my close friends was not very happy with their deadline. They did acquire Iglesias. They acquired Odorizzi and Robbie Grossman, but they traded away Will Smith and Jesse Chavez, who I guess Will Smith is probably a bigger piece than Jesse Chavez, but yeah, just not not too much movement here for the Braves, which when I think they were expected to be big buyers. Um, if you look at the NLE standings right now, uh, I mean, hot on the Mets tail, and you didn't do much to really separate yourself there. Not not much. You're kind of just banking on the squad you've already got, and you picked up Iglesias, who's got a huge contract, but it's not bad. It's not bad. So, uh, but looking at the Mets, I mean, who did they pick up? Michael Givens, right? They picked up Darren Ruff. 
Jacob deGrom was activated, which is scary. And, I mean, I just don't think they really did much to, to close that gap on the Mets, so... It's hard to it's harder to pick losers than it is to pick winners because there are just teams that you know didn't make enough moves or traded away their whole franchise, but they were kind of expected to do so. So it's it's a little bit more difficult to to pick some losers, but I think those might be the teams that I pick. Um, yeah, it was a crazy deadline. The Padres, some would say, had the greatest deadline of all time. I might have to agree there, but that's been it for this episode. Thank you for including me in this in this session because I was going to be sad if I wasn't in it. So peace out, boys. I knew it's fine. Fairly fair. But she don't let me shoot too scared.